when we don't have an intro song. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. We have a lot of things on our mind with no outlet. We just want to talk and just uh, tell the whole world about it. Podcast it like it's hot. Podcast it like it's hot. Podcast it like it's hot. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Don't, Don't Take, Take Our, our word, word For it. it. We are two Korean-American gals trying to navigate the socially relevant, culturally confusing, and everything in between in ways we know best, but don't, don't take, take our, our word, word for it. it. All right, you guys. What did you think about that intro song? It was hot. We were dropping it. Dropping it like, like it's, it's hot. hot. It's hot. Dude, that, I'm impressed with, uh, with how well we've been doing these intro songs. I, I've been hearing a lot of positive, positive feedback. feedback? Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's good news yeah. because we really have no plans. It really is improv. We just sit here and we think, oh, shoot, we still don't have an intro song. So <laughs> every we need time to, we, we record, we need to figure it out like right now in 15 minutes. But it's going for us. And I think it'll go for us as long as we can hold out. Until we figure out what we're going to do about our intro song. We be trying. We're trying. Yeah. But thank you for your support. Thank you for your patience, your positive feedback. Yes. All right, you guys. Well, today's episode is special to us. We are going to be talking about growing up Korean American. Um, What we wanted to do was shed some light on the nuances of being raised by immigrant parents, according to Korean culture and what that's like um, just in America and specifically, I think for uh, all of us here on Team Detail, uh, Orange County, right? Yep. Yeah. So today, our special guest is going to be. Drum roll, please. Our sound engineer, Austin. Yes. Yeah. Hi, guys. My yes. name's Austin. What up? What up? What up? Austin has been here from day one, as you guys all know. He almost got fired a few times. Yep. But today, okay. he's hanging on by a thread. Even today. Oh, yeah. Um, You're right. Yeah, I almost get fired every day, so I kind (laughs) of have to just get used to it. We have a very positive working environment here. Yes, we do. It's very healthy, as you can tell. (laughs) Don't work for us, guys. (laughs) Future reference. Uh, But yeah, we're all, all three of us are Korean Americans, and we were raised here in Southern California. Wait a second. But... You, Michelle, were born in Korea. I was born in Korea. Wait, Austin, were you I born was in also born in Korea as well. <gasps> oh. yes. Whoa. So just you, Joanne. It's just me. Born in America. I, oh, wow, yep. wow, wow. Okay, wait. How old were you guys when you moved to America? I, uh, I was two. You were two? Wow. Okay, I came here when I was five. Whoa. So yes. still pretty young. Like, Do you guys have any recollection of moving here? I do. I don't. You don't at all? Yeah. I mean, I was you came here young. when you were two. Yeah. yeah. I don't have any idea. Okay. I remember going to preschool. Uh, in oh. Korea? Yeah, in Korea. I remember the apartment that I used to live oh. in the city. And I remember going to like this thing called like Noteria, uh-huh. which is like a like a Korean McDonald's like hamburger shop yeah, place yeah, right yeah. in front of our place. So that, I remember a lot of different things. Aww. Even the snow falling from the sky, <gasps> you know, all that good stuff. Wow. Yeah. Um, where did you live? Do you know? Yeah, I lived in Seoul, uh-huh. which everybody knows, but right. then more specifically, it's called Myeongil-dong. Myeongil-dong. Mm-hmm. Is that, what part? Is it like east, west, north, south of Seoul? Uh, that I'm not too mm-hmm. sure, actually. Okay. I just know it's Myeongil-dong, mm-hmm. which is a mm-hmm. place that I used to live. In. Yeah. Nice. And I then your family... You're, you and your mom and dad immigrated here. Yeah. Dang, dude. So what what would you guys be considered? Like one point? <laughs> I say one point. For me, like 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 1.85. 
What does that mean? One point. So first generation, according to my mother, who had to correct me on this. <laughs> um, first generation would be you immigrated here as an adult. Okay, oh. that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense because you're you're yeah, it's you, you're the first line exactly. of your family yeah. here that in started in America. Yeah, so that's first generation, and then I'm considered second generation because my parents immigrated here. Well. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. I was born here. Mm-hmm. But my parents okay, aren't considered first generation either. They're not? No, because my mom was saying they're kind of like one point like, I don't know. Because my mom was in college. college. Well, she was post-college. Okay. And my dad did college here. Okay. So I don't know what you consider that actually. That is interesting. I don't know wh- when you would make those distinctions, but I would assume if you were educated in in Korea and you were raised in Korea for most of your life, I would assume you are first gen. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm technically first gen if we don't consider the little things in between. Right. Uh, I'm Same. technically, technically I am first gen. Yeah, because we're born in Korea. <clears throat> it's okay. just I've been assimilated very much into yeah, American culture. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Like if you have no recollection yeah, of Korea, then exactly. absolutely, yeah. Okay. Okay, so the term 1.5 generation refers to individuals who immigrate to a new country before or during their early teens. Yeah. So my parents are not 1.5. No. They are 1.75 or something. Or Or no, 1.25. Oh, 2.5? Yeah, the other way around. We're like 1.75. Oh, yes. That's us. That's us. Okay, so 1.75 and 1.25 generation immigrants. We've just created You're a like whole new fra- generation, fractional yep. generations on this podcast. Um, you guys are, uh, immig- wait, immigrants are uh, for children who are closer to birth or full adulthood when they immigrate. Yeah. So birth would be 1.75 if you're closer to birth and one po- uh, 1.25 is wait is this like an actual article yes that they've coined 1.75 and 1.25 oh my gosh I thought oh, we wow. were I guess it's I better we were to making go things up right now no, no 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 I was looking up an article That's actually so yeah, I was no. kind of excited I'm like yes we're gonna coin 1.75 <laughs> no we're not we we're not that original I suppose we're not Damn. but uh yeah I guess they're going with like the quarterly quarter uh, oh. <laughs> okay so 1.75 we Austin and I are 1.75 generation yeah. mm-hmm. And Joanne is fully mm-hmm. second gen. Yep. And people like my parents who immigrated here when they were like adults or closer to full adulthood, uh, they're referred to as 1.25 because their experiences are closer to the first gen immigrants, immigrant adults. Yeah. So the, uh, just to help you guys kind of wrap your heads around what that looks like or what our immigration history looks like. So... I think that's interesting now that we're leading into this next section yeah. of trying to figure out what that looks like living between these two cultures. Uh, and I think it, and we have a very unique experience growing up in America, being both Korean and American. Totally. I think, okay, we wanted to start off this segment by just sharing with you some of our experiences growing up Korean American. Yes. Uh, which means we're going to school and learning English and understanding American culture. And then when we go home, mm-hmm. it's like, like a whole new culture, a yeah. whole new world, different world, different mm-hmm. bubble. All right. So <laughs> let's share, let's go around and share quickly. <laughs> what are some things in your home life that are pretty like telltale signs that this is a Korean home in America? <laughs> For me, definitely. I, 
have at least, how many refrigerators do I have in my house? I have like three right now. I have, <laughs> we used to have three and we, we got rid of one. <laughs> so we have two, but that is very common to have more than one refrigerator. Yes. You got to have kimchi in the other yeah, fridge for sure. People have separate refrigerators for kimchi because it keeps it at a certain temperature, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For fermentation? Yes, for fermentation for purposes. Very important. That's mm-hmm. what makes a kimchi. Yep. It makes me think that my family is actually like hoarders because we don't have a kimchi fridge. We just have three fridges. So maybe, <laughs> maybe we're just hoarders. You guys have three fridges with no kimchi in there? Probably I mean, there's one. kimchi, yeah. But it's not specific exactly, for kimchi. Yeah. It's okay. just for all things. Okay. All things. All right, all right. Tell me this. How many of you guys... <laughs> How many of us use our dishwashers as drying racks or I'll still do it till this day. <laughs> wow. Never use it as a washing we, machine or whatever you call it. Our family has discovered the magic of dishwash, the dishwashing machine yeah. like maybe six years ago. Six? Yeah, six years ago. That's so, really recent. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty recent, discovered? right? Discovered? Yeah. Oh my God. Growing up, it was completely used as a drying rack. Yeah. Do you storage. Do you use, how often do you use the we, dishwasher? We use it quite often now. Right now it's broken, but because uh, we use this it Oh, so you use the dishwasher. Wow. So much, yes. <laughs> okay, we, we still use it as a drying rack. <laughs> Me too, do we hand wash we all our dishes? We will never use we, it as a dishwasher. We rarely, rarely wash our dishes You guys really need to convert to the dishwashing. <laughs> I think uh, we do like sometimes. Fat. You have to. Have oh, so you do sometimes. I've never seen our house. Oh, yeah, once. my parents like, I don't know, dude. Maybe it's because we moved to a house with a dishwasher that works. I, who knows? Oh. But we've been using it as a drying rack for and sure. Speaking of storage, what about Tupperware? Oh my, my God. God. Don't I, come to my house. I have don't open so my cabinets because... Do you have an entire cabinet full of I have of two empty? entire cabinets full of empty Tupperware. Same. What is this? You know? I have so many. I And then you know what my... Okay, sorry, mom. But do you know what she does? What? She saves all the plastic, like, containers. Like, if you eat... like You know, like, those, for example, like, deli meat. Oh, yeah, yeah, deli yeah. Deli meat things, and it mm-hmm. comes in those, like, plastic containers. Like, Hickory Farms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, like, the red lid or whatever. Yes. We will she reuse saves all it. those. Yeah. Reuse <laughs> every plastic container you can reuse yep. possible, which is fine. Eco-friendly. Envi- I exactly. Agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah not just throwing it out. But I'm like, Mom, then don't buy Tupperware because we have so much. We have so much, and we don't use it all. It's just sitting on the shelf forever. Yeah, it's just a collection. <laughs> I know. Of Tupperware. Mismatching Tupperware. We can all Miss agree to that. Matching Tupperware. I know. I can never find the lids. I know. You can dude. never find the it's lids. Seriously, <laughs> that's so true. So true. All right. Let's move on to the next one. How about school life? Tell me, because I had to suffer through this during my childhood. I think this is probably one of the hardest ones for me. School life was, oh my, oh my gosh. I feel like, I think like I had to change my personalities as soon as I walk out the door and as soon as I come back home because what you're speaking to me. That is a dream. Michelle's like, what? Yeah, I'll tell you, you what it means, okay? Trauma. Literally, because you're speaking like Konglish or Korean at home and you're speaking full out English outside. So you feel yeah. like you just have two different personalities. That's I, how I feel. I totally understand. Yeah. I think for me, it was a little more subtle where like I was, I was still like the same person or I, I was just still being me. Okay. But I started fighting with my parents more often because I saw life being done a certain way outside of my house and that made more sense to me because I spend more time at school and stuff you know and then I go back home or if you know if I go to my friend's house and I see how they do life I'm like why are they doing it that way yeah and I just felt like I vibed with it better and it just seemed like when I went home it was a bit more strict Mm -hmm. there were a lot more uh, 
where there were more um what do you call it structure yeah I and, and i think socially too maybe because they they didn't feel comfortable speaking english but yeah. my friends parents were so nice to me and they let me call them by their first names yeah but my mom was a little bit cold to my friends and really yeah i mean she didn't mean to be but i think maybe it's just her personality but i remember like we didn't really do a ton of sleepovers at my house. I did sleepovers at their houses yeah. and stuff, but it was never reciprocated. Dang, dude. Did you guys have to do like, uh, were you forced to learn an instrument? Because I remember coming back home from school and going straight to like piano practice. Well, like I had a piano at the time, so mm-hmm. it was I did like, take, oh, I did take piano lessons. Piano. I did. That's crazy. I've never actually taken any music lessons. So it's like wow. the other way around. But those of you guys that know me, I actually do music professionally. So yeah. it's kind of uh-huh. ironic. Yeah. Ironic. I didn't take any music lessons when I was Austin's a kid. Austin's just like a little kid prodigy. <laughs> I remember when he was like a kid and we both started guitar together but he had already like kind of had a grip on it and i was oh just learning my. like gcd <laughs> you, got, you got that thing that yeah dude he was like a little kid prodigy everybody he was like that's just know, like language. picking picking the guitar i, I love <laughs> how um, joanne just air guitared on a podcast like you can't <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't translate oh yeah i just did an air guitar and i was like wait a second it's it so like making quiet. any sounds <laughs> Oh my god! All right, we need to move on from that moment. (laughs) (laughs) How many of you guys went to Korean school? I didn't. I was very thankful. I actually took a summer class, (laughs) but I hated it so much. I told my mom, "Like, please don't send me back. Please." Wow, I actually went to Korean school. You did? Yes, I was forced to go to Korean school, and it's the one at my old home church called Thanksgiving Korean Church. Oh yeah, and every Saturday I had to go, and I hated it. I was like, why? Why am I here? It was the worst. But they give you free food, I guess. They they, they do for sure. I appreciate the free food. But your parents are paying for the Korean school. They were? Yeah, of course they were. It's not free. Listen, I wasn't aware. They get some free labor. You know, when you're a kid and all the money stuff. You just don't really know about all the after schools that you go to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had to take Korean. Well, I learned Korean at home. So I had like a good foundation when I went to Korean (laughs) school. And then uh, so I was kind of like ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped Korean school for a while. And then the, when I went back, it was for SATs, like uh, Korean SAT twos. Wow. And that was that was like torture. Yeah. <laughs> I got really cocky because I'm Korean and yeah. I didn't even take Korean school and I just <gasps> took SAT two. You went in cold? Yeah, I went in cold thinking, Girl. oh my God, I already, I know this. <laughs> I'm Korean. You were so brave. <laughs> and then I failed miserably. It is a really difficult test it, unless you're pretty, like yeah. pretty damn fluent. Once we got to the listening portion, <clears> I was like, oh crap i'm screwed right now yeah just what's the listening portion for people who might not know what that is there's an auditory so you have like a recording and then you have to listen to whatever the subject is and then answer questions based on what you've just listened to but all the questions are also in korean so oh i did not do very hot on that one. Oh my gosh i, I would have been yeah. so i had so much anxiety about that i was so stressed out dude. now looking back i'm like dang that was a lot of stress uh, but yeah i actually taught myself korean wow um, because i really wanted to know what the so there's this huge k-pop group back in the day called hot oh and my I, gosh y'all know hot i don't but i know that it's yes popular yes, so H-O-T. big i needed to know what they were saying and i wanted to read the lyrics so i yeah. taught myself korean 
just oh for that. Goodness. Wow. Well, props to you, dude. That's not, that must have not been easy. I don't no. know. It was quite easy because I was very determined. <laughs> I had like a love hate relationship with Korean school. I literally didn't like to go because of the fact that I'm learning Korean. And I was like, did I already know this cheese? Like, I oh, spoke it at home and I grew up in Korea. I like, here. no, it's not that. Like, <laughs> I literally, I was like, why am I going? So, I think I could have easily went to the next level. Yeah. But because all my friends were in the lower levels and I wanted to stay with them. Yeah. Shout out. Like made No, I'm not doing the shout outs. <laughs> I am not. Y'all know who you are. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I was like, I want to be with them because what's the point of going to Korean school if I'm not having fun? I like know. I'm using my s- entire Saturday to be with all these it people. It was an entire, you don't have a weekend. No, basically. Cause because on have- Sunday you got to go to church. Exactly. So I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. This is my life. <laughs> Dang. Dude, we have some, we had a hard knock life. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the only reason why I went, cause it's cause they had a guitar class and then I killed it. I, wow. I loved attending that. It was just fun. All right, you guys. Well, let's talk about some stupor, stupor, stupor. superstitions. I'm not superstitious. I'm a I am Jeff. Oh. <laughs> Great job, Michelle. Props to you. Big, big applause for Michelle, everybody. Wow, 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 wow. If you do not know where that's from, it's definitely from the office. <laughs> All right. So here's a superstition that I grew up with. My grandma would tell me that I'm not allowed to eat on the ground on my stomach, like laying down on my stomach. Why? Otherwise, I'll turn into a cow. I was told that I would transform into an animal. <laughs> so you, you took it very literally. I, she told me, I, I, I looked at her, I was like, I'm going to turn into a cow. And she was like, yes, don't eat on the ground laying down. Wow. And I was like, so I was like, oh yeah, I want to test this theory. So I was like eating on the ground, like while laying down. I didn't turn into a cow, grandma. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't even get indigestion. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Busted. Oh, yeah. But speaking of superstitions, this is, I think, the most famous of mm-hmm. all Korean superstitions is the notorious fan death. Oh, yes. I totally fan agree. Death. Totally. Even till this day, even last night, I would turn <laughs> oh on the fan. Oh my God. And no, here's yeah. what my mom does. Okay, so our fan has a timer. Okay, oh. so she made sure the timer is on before I fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have yeah. to make sure you set it to like four hours or like three yeah. hours, so it's not on the whole night. Yeah, and make sure it turns off in the middle of the night. Dang. So fan death is still a real technology, thing. though. They understood that you can die. die. Yeah, the wow. fan on so Korean brand preventing <laughs> death. The theory must be so. If, for those who don't know what the fan death superstition is, yeah. is that if you fell asleep in a, a closed or in ca- like a closed room with yeah. the fan on, you could possibly die. Yeah. Even possibly. if the window's open, my mom oh, doesn't like that. Oh, dang. Yeah. Yeah. My mom doesn't like the windows open. I think that's another thing too. Fan and the windows Sleeping open. with the windows open? My mom has to close the windows even if it's like super hot. <gasps> I don't know why. She's like, you're going to catch a cold or something. You're going to like die. Okay. Here's the thing though. I think there's a little bit of truth to that fan death thing because I remember I did fall asleep with the fan on just to test that theory, you know? <laughs> Oh, did you? And oh, I got sick. Regular Mythbusters here. I definitely here. got sick. I oh, was like, wow. I woke up and my throat was dry as the desert. And For sure, I, the dryness is there. I, yeah. I got sick, very sick. After <laughs> my immune system was like down, not running. Maybe you can get severely sick, but not to the point where you die. Maybe so. like back in the day, like people just, the survival rates were very low. And so you could die from a fan. So I think it like started off with some like random article and everyone just believed it. I think that's what the origin was. Yeah. 
All right. Oh, last nice. last couple things. How about like Korean etiquettes? Yes. Like Let's Korean, Korean, Korean etiquettes etiquette. yeah. that we had to grow up with. Oh my God. Okay. So listen, if you grew up Korean, your parents teach you how life works, how society works and how you fit into it. And so mm. <laughs> they told me, like they tell you, you need to bow to every, every uh, adult, anybody who's older than you. Basically there's like a hierarchy with age. Like if you are older, you automatically are, you just get, uh, you gain respect yeah. for being older. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Yeah. And there are ways to like be respectful in someone's home, in your own home. Like some families, I mean, it's different with every family. I know that some families are a lot more strict, mm-hmm. but my parents were very lenient with me and my brother. I would say they were yeah. strict about certain things, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they're really lenient. Like what are some things that you guys grew up with? like etiquette in your home or something? Well, here just um, some basic things are taking your shoes off. Yeah. Uh, my mom wanted me to constantly wear socks in the house. Socks? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. Thing. That's what they have those like in-home slippers. slippers. Yeah, we have yeah. slippers. Oh, yeah. 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 Definitely have those. Uh, what other things? There is like this thing when you're like eating, you're not supposed to start eating before the adult starts eating. Oh, yeah. If there's a very much like if your grandparents are in the room or at the dinner table, you have to let them eat first. It's like disrespectful to like touch your utensils, like your chopsticks before they do. Exactly. Yeah. My my family wasn't like that though. My Mm -hmm. family was like, oh, kids eat first. Like they're like, hurry up and eat. We never had that. uh, Me too. Growing up, we never had, it was never that strict. Right, right. But I have heard. Or whenever I would go to another person's house, my mom would tell me, hey, just, just wait. wait." (laughs) Oh, that's true. Yeah. They told me like, well, it's different when you go to another person's house. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's a lot more lenient in your own household. Yeah. But when you definitely go to another Korean household, yeah, those rules kind of apply. Yeah. yeah, and how well <laughs> you bow and how well you greet your elders is a very big thing. Oh, First huge, dude! If you don't have that ninety degree bend, oh, oh my gosh, you're yeah. disrespecting oh, yeah, sure. your adult. Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, even if they're a year older. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So, did you guys? What was like your first experience going to, going to like a non Korean person's home? Okay, so very awkward actually. <laughs> oh yeah, tell us he, about like, it. Like okay, so <laughs> like Austin was saying how we were basically trained to be a certain way when we go to another Korean person's house, a yeah. Korean family's house. So when I go to my non Korean <laughs> family's house, they're so like, hi, like come in, don't worry, don't take off your shoes, you can walk around, yeah. like get into the fridge if you guys need snacks. Oh my oh, god, that's one of the things too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot open another you person's guys, fridge. <laughs> listen, you don't go to someone's house and just open their fridge. No, you kidding? Privacy. <laughs> <laughs> That's like going to someone's home and going to the master bedroom. Like yeah. you don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know what to how what to say. Like I don't if I needed their atten- their mom's attention. Yeah. I had no idea what to call them. Oh, oh that that's too. A huge so you deal. just default to like Mrs. whatever mm-hmm. last name. Yeah. And then when they or the first Karen. name. Yeah. <gasps> well, yeah. When they told me to refer to them by their first name, I was like, oh, oh uh, Mrs. Like, what, what friends? Is yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just going to call you Mrs. Thomas. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to call yeah. you by your first name. Mrs. Yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna call you Mrs. That's the most yeah. that's the most comfortable for me. And it was like, do we do we insa or do we bow to them? Like, do, yeah, how that's do we greet definitely them? awkward. <laughs> I remember I would go to like my friend's house that's not Korean, yeah. and then I'm like like a force of habit trying to like bow, yeah. But I had to like catch myself and stop myself from bowing. Oh my gosh, so, yeah, no, yeah. I totally get that. It Are was you? I actually dated a oh 
not Korean, like a white person. Oh, really? <laughs> and when I went to their home, they were like, oh, like, don't even knock on the door. Just like come in. And I was like, what? Whoa. You knock on the door. Like, wow. and they thought I was weird. They were calling me weird all the time. They're like, you're so weird. Just come in. And I'm like, oh my God. I do that. Like, <laughs> I remember it was only up till I felt comfortable. Like, okay, I've, I'm acquainted right. enough with these people where, you know, I'll just c- go in the door. But even then I still like ask like, hey, can you like open the door for me? Because exactly. this is really freaking weird. Like, I just can't do it. And then when they're like, just go in the fridge, just go in the snack drawer. Like, just treat it like your own house. I was like, I... Uh, no, you're going to ask your friend to do all that for you. Yeah, and that family was really nice because yeah. they they were like, uh, I, got, I got closer with their parents and the mom was like, just come into my room. And it's the master bedroom. And she's like, just, you know, you can watch TV on my bed. I was oh, like, wow. whoa. The bed. I would never yeah. sit on, I would never sit <gasps> yeah, on my Yeah, she was like, just take a nap bed. on the bed. You just so made that bed. So I was like, I remember <laughs> like, going in the room because she told me to take a nap and, and I thought it was disrespectful to not do that. Right. To not like take, take her word. And so I like sat on her bed and I was like, <laughs> I had so much anxiety. I like laid down. I was like, this isn't right. This is not right. This is not right. All. She was like, just one thing, just like don't lay on my husband's side. That's weird. And I was like, I'm just, what? I just don't want to like, just don't want to. I'll just sit on the floor. Yeah. I'll just lay down on the floor. I'll be on the floor. I'll be outside. That's way more We're used to that. We sit on the floor oh, when we, we eat. Yes, we yes. sit on the floor when yeah. we eat. Um, my grandma loves sleeping on the floor. That's just Yeah, sleeping on the floor is so comfortable. Just lay a mat down and you're done. Really? Yeah. I disagree. I think it's so uncomfortable. Oh, but like, like my mom would sometimes recommend this. Like, you should sleep on the floor. I wish, I, you know, honestly, if we had like hardwood floors, I would kind of want to do it like Korea where they have like thick ass mattresses uh-huh. just for sleeping on the floor. Like they have like thick blankets that act as mattresses, oh, but you fold yeah, it yeah, up yeah. and you put it back in the closet. Uh, yes, That's I convenient. love that because then your room is like open and like mm-hmm. you know it's like multi purpose room. I like that. But that's just an extra step in the morning. I know, <laughs> but they're so they're so pujironhe, or which means like they're really uh, Dil- diligent. Diligent. Yeah, diligent. Yeah. It's just part of their everyday yeah. life. Yeah. It's like making your bed. That was the fun part. <laughs> now we're gonna kind of get into what it really was like the nitty gritties of being Korean American. Cause yes, it all sounds like really funny and um, there are like good stories and stuff to share. But in real life, um, there's a little friction that happens when you're growing up and there's two major cultures that where there's like a lot of, there's not as much overlap as you'd want. Um, There are more differences there. Um, Like I grew up with a lot of friction in my home and like it affected a lot of my relationships with like my family members too. Mm. Yeah. I mean, when you're juggling between these two identities almost, uh, there, there is bound to be a friction there. There's bound to be some sort of confusion, especially when you're growing up, especially when you're in that prime age of maybe 12, 13, and you're trying to figure yourself out and you have these two cultural influences in your life, I would, yeah, there were definitely moments where I had some conflict in myself and externally too, like you mentioned with your family. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that being Korean American is now like a culture in itself. Like, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And it's funny because there's a term called Itaewon. Um, and I heard, what did you say? Itaewon was like a, it's a yeah, town? Yeah, it's a city. It's a city or a town in Seoul. And that's where the American U.S. base is located. Yeah. So that word comes from oh. that. 
So when you, when someone calls you Itaewon, um, they're basically saying you are Korean, but you're more American. Yeah. And so when, it's funny because my, my cousins, uh, they ended up immigrating here. They're like two years and three years older than me. Um, so what would they be considered? Like 1.75, I guess? I guess, yeah. Yeah, around yeah. there. Yeah, so they're like 1.75 or 1.5, I don't know, generation. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, I remember, would call me and my brother like Itaewon or that if we went to uh, Korea, we're Itaewons. Like, we're not really Korean. Yeah. And that like made me really sad when you I was younger. Because accepted. Yeah, because like, when I'm in America, divide. I very much see my and feel my Koreanness. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm Korean. Yeah. And I would tell all my friends, I'm Korean. Right. But then to my cousins who came from Korea, I was being rejected by them and saying, you're not Korean. Yeah. You're like an other. Mm-hmm. You're you're more American than Korean. Yeah. And oh. that, I, that made me sad because yeah. I was like, I grew up, my grandmother raised me by hand, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I, I feel and I completely identify with this culture and I empathize with a lot of stories and emotions and things that my grandma would share with me right uh but then to feel rejected you know and then to find out that that's actually like a a, common yeah it's it's like a feeling that a lot of people or thought opinion that a lot of people have in korea yeah and you don't really think about it when you're younger but it does sort of play a part in you trying to get a grasp of who you are right as a whole yeah and it's funny because I, I think growing up in like the 90s and <clears throat> early 2000s, I saw a lot of people, at least who were Korean American, like, I don't know if it was like a compensation for that, uh-huh. but like KP, Korean pride. <laughs> you literally, I would see KP. people tattoo Korean on their chest and I'm like, really? Like, yeah. There <laughs> yeah. was definitely a KP uh, wave. Phase. Yeah. There was a KP phase where everyone had the Korean flag stitched on their backpacks. Yeah. All their screen name, their AOL screen names had something KP. KP, Asian baby. Korean pride yeah. life. Oh no. Did you have one, <laughs> Austin? Yeah. I didn't, but I would see like those kind of stuff on like the, like AIMs and stuff yeah. like that. People would like take huge pride in their yeah. stuff. Huge. And like, you would see it on their like usernames and stuff. Yeah. Did you guys know there were like little micro gangs in like Korean, uh, in Korea, in Cerritos and Fullerton, oh, which are yeah. like local cities to Orange County. Mm-hmm. But uh, there were like little micro gangs of like Korean, Korean gangs. Yeah. I remember in middle school, in middle yeah. school, there were, we, we sectioned off into different groups. Yeah. So there was a Korean kind of gangsta, wingsta, Korean totally group. Wingster. I was not part of that group. I was not very cool. <laughs> okay, so you're part of the other group. I was that part was of so the cool. m- mismatched, <laughs> just sort of, I'm not, I, was a I don't belong yes. anywhere. I was definitely not part of that group either. Uh, but yeah, you can, yeah, there was definitely a table specifically for these Korean wingster gangsters. They all yeah. dress a certain way. Yes, yes. they all got that I Dickies pants way. and oh, the yeah. bangs. Sagging, triple A t-shirts. <laughs> yep. Maybe Gel not my generation. Hair. My Gel. generation is a little different. Oh, it's yeah, all you're, super skinny jeans and like okay, you're long younger shirts. Than us, that's yeah, why. a little bit. <laughs> Just to make generation. it clear, I don't know if you guys care if we disclose your our ages, but I'm 26. I'm Joanne. <laughs> yeah, and I'm 30. I'm Michelle. You're 30, <laughs> Michelle? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wait, Michelle, you're 30? Yeah. No freaking way. I thought you were like 28, 29. I was. And then I just turned. <laughs> I used to be. I used to be. I used to be there. Yeah. And I'm 22. You're 30, Michelle. Yeah. You look great. Oh, thank you, guys. I thank know. You. I did not know you were 30. Wow. I literally thought you were 27. Austin's wow. going to start bowing now when he sees <laughs> 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 Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I turned That's 30 right. this year. Oh my gosh. This year. Um, wow. Wait, and then Austin, you're... I'm 22. 22. Yeah. <gasps> oh, so We're nearly 10 you. years apart. I'm a youngin. Mm. Oh my goodness. So my generation's a little different. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so... Okay, Korean Americans make up, I'd say now for sure, like a good part of the population in Southern California. Yeah. Actually, there's a lot of pockets of green people just like everywhere yeah, around the world. Throughout yeah. the country. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing for yeah. sure, Irvine is known to be like a Korean yeah, city. There's a lot of Koreans. Like there. even I went to NorCal recently and like people in NorCal are like, You from Irvine? Like I started oh, some interesting. Wow. That's like Irvine. a zone. It's either Irvine or like Garden Koreatown. Grove, no, not even Garden Grove. Oh, it's wow. Koreatown or Irvine. Like yeah. people think we're all from Irvine that's if we go somewhere crazy. else. I didn't know Irvine really was that like well known. Yeah, because that's like not the first city I would think of. So Koreatown, definitely. Mm-hmm. LA, yeah, Koreatown. Yeah, yeah. There's Garden Grove in my mind and Fullerton. Yeah. I think Fullerton's well known in our circle because yeah. we know that a lot of a Koreans live in Fullerton. Town, that's I think, true. In, so just outside, in comparison to like Irvine is pretty huge though. Yeah. Like a lot of people know where big. Irvine yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. All right. So growing up, I experienced a lot of like cultural conflicts like pertaining to my cultural identity uh, or conflicts pertaining to my cultural identity. And it it happened a lot with like family, like within my family, because I realized at a certain point, like our values were different um, or things, values that I wanted to have were different than what my parents valued. And communication was like a huge issue because there's like a language barrier. Oh Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I mean, yes, I learned Korean and I can speak and communicate like, pretty fluently but it's still it was like an ideology thing I realized like and that led to certain vocabulary words or certain things about the language and like ways that you know yeah I remember when you're trying to have a deep conversation with your parents you can't really express everything that you feel because you don't know the words exactly yeah that like you know in the English language but not in the Korean language. Yeah. So and it feels like you're not expressing all of yourself yeah. when you're talking. And I think the biggest difference, maybe it's this. In my head, I know what I'm saying in English. Like everything I want to say, it's in English yeah. in my head. Right. But when I'm speaking, I'm telling them t- it telling it to them in Korean. You're translating your thoughts. Exactly. But to them, they're they have a I think the Korean language and like the pe- way Korean people communicate and think, it's diff- very different from mm-hmm. how Americans think and communicate. And so it just wasn't translating and oh man, I like had so many arguments with my parents growing up. Yeah. Like it was really hard and with my grandma too, but I think with grandma, it's a little different, you know, yeah. but when it came to like talking through the nitty gritties with my parents, it was hard. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Definitely growing up, especially when you're in your teen, teenage years, it's hard. I've gotten to uh, really understand how my parents speak or how they think. Mm-hmm. And so I find myself translating even for my brother, who's not, he was a little bit younger than me. Yeah. But even they still to this day have communication issues. Uh-huh. I'm trying to convey certain things and I'll sit there and listen and they're having two different conversations. Wow. And I'm like, okay, you guys, that's why you guys are getting heated because you're not seeing eye to eye. Right. You're it's like not, this. Uh, well, like I'm making a, more hand motions. <laughs> you can't see it. Yeah. There's a, they're on there's different a, pages. Wavelengths. Yes. Yeah. I remember I would tell my mom like, 
Why can't you learn English? Ooh, like, oh, did you get smacked insane. upside the head? I, no, I didn't get smacked, oh. but obviously, like, we would get very heated in oh. that conversation. Like, no, you're Korean. You should know your native language. Yeah. Um, you even grew up in Korea. You were born in Korea. Dude, like, she has that on you. Isn't that, isn't that terrible, she, though? She has like, it on me, but I'm like, even uh, to this day, I still speak Korean to her. But I know, yeah. I want, uh, I don't know. I feel like you can really talk to your parents a lot deeper uh-huh. if she knew the language that you were better this is true right, right. this is true right. yeah and that's why i think like it, you know what's crazy too is like i talking to my dad and talking to my mom are very different for me like my dad he did college here and so and like oh, so you speak it, english with him he's he we i speak both okay i speak like conglish with mm-hmm. both my parents but um i think he well he speaks English way better. Like he works in a company where he has to constantly speak English. He went to college here. Whereas my mom did college in Korea and mm-hmm. came here and what she immediately started doing was helping out with like a business, like my family business um at the time. And so she only knew like basic things, like basic communicating mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. words and mm-hmm. phrases. And to this day she tells me like, Oh, I wish I I should have studied English. Like, I don't know why I didn't take classes or like whatever, but language is a little hard for her. I know it's like a little intimidating for her to have to speak English. Yeah. yeah. And I think if like we mentioned, if we're not really comfortable with the language, mm-hmm. it's hard to even uh, stick yourself into situations where you would be exposed to more American culture right just because the link because of the language barrier. And right. so we default to what we know yeah. and we never pick up these cultural, I guess, etiquettes or things that maybe are more American. Yeah. They just never really put themselves in those situations because of the language barrier. It's hard being a freaking immigrant. It like is. I cannot imagine like being an immigrant. Yeah. <laughs> That's really. a lot of hard work, yeah. like assimilating to a different, countries like laws and like way of living and then you know I, i'm sure like people look at you differently yeah. you know like yeah. you're not around people who look like you yeah. anymore um and then they and then you're almost like looked down on a little yeah, bit you're treated, you're treated differently yeah i was actually like i don't know if you guys were aware but i when i was younger i really wanted to be white like i really mm. was interesting and um, i think there was parts of me when i was younger like before i was uh, yeah. more aware about mm-hmm. the differences in my my like ethnicity yeah. versus my best friend's ethnicity like yeah. i had a best friend in like fourth grade yeah. and she was czechoslovakian mm-hmm. so she's very much white and um uh majority of the people at my elementary school were white and there were just a few of us who were Asian. I don't know how much that's changed now, but yeah. there were only a handful of us who are Asian and a handful of us within that group that mm-hmm. were Korean. Mm-hmm. And even so, at that time, I was just like, I just want to be friends with whoever. So my best friend was white. And we grew up like hand in hand. Like she would come over all the time and I would show her like my grandma making kimchi in mm-hmm. the backyard with like those giant ass buckets yeah. in her like noningu and just like. Yeah, yeah. And what's noningu? Noningu is like, uh, like, <laughs> like basically under, a tank, the wife beater tank yeah, top like type. Yeah, undergar- like things undergarment. Like you would wear, on, wear yeah, under your clothes. Oh my God, dude. One time I brought my friend, I was like telling my friend, uh, her name was Ingrid, Ingrid's mom, like, hey do you guys want to see like my grandma making kimchi? And of course my friend's mom is like, wow, that's like, that would be really cool. So I lead them into my backyard and my grandma's like oh. in her pajamas, you know, it's considered yes. like undergarment, like almost like underwear basically. Yeah. And she's just in that. And she's like, you know, laboring over these like big, 
buckets of cabbages yeah and she's like spraying it with like hose water we're using hose water we're not Uh you know and the mom i remember like i don't i wasn't aware of this because i was a kid i was just like happy that you know my two worlds were converging yeah but uh, the apparently my friend's mom's face was like, oh, like this is not what she was expecting. Like it's straight up like we're using yeah. hose water and there's the like back, big buckets and like cabbages. Yeah, definitely squatting, Kim- like Kim- sweating. Kim- like she squat. She's in, that's you know, where it comes from. Comfort clothes. My grandma was like so embarrassed because <gasps> she was like, there's this like random white lady yeah, stranger and I'm in my undergarments. And, Listen, how would I know? Okay. I was like in fourth grade or something. <laughs> oh my God. I was just excited to have my friend over, but yeah, it was like stuff like that. And yeah. I, Oh man, I, I, it was so mean. But I would tell my mom like my friend's mom, like so-and-so my mom knows it's like a white mm-hmm. friend. My friend's mom said this and they're like this. Like why, why do, why can't you yeah. blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I would always compare yeah. my parents yeah. and my mom, I finally got her to say, like uh i finally like drove her up the wall enough to say like well then why don't you like you know go why don't, why don't, yeah oh <laughs> that's like the result yeah why they don't would you just go like, why don't you just get out get and, a like, new parent yeah, yeah. like get a go new parent. get yeah yeah do you up under the bridge anyways yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's some things that yeah. korean parents would say or my yeah, mom did at least yeah. they're like why don't you go live with them Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this hyper awareness of our ethnicity and how different we are that's so real yeah uh, growing up especially when you start to realize that there are differences and people do live a little bit differently from you. Yeah. At least for me, I became oh, too hyper aware. <laughs> uh, that's what, um, what, is, the, what do you mean by that? To the point where I was almost apologetic for being Korean. Oh, yeah. Um, so, for example, when we'd go to the store and let's say they messed up on our order mm-hmm. and my mom would start complaining and she would make this kind not a big scene. I mean, it's very valid. If mm-hmm. you look back at the situation, it's a very valid situation why she would uh, say something right. or speak up, but and I'm when just, you are a customer, like you, you are allowed to like, yeah. And people do or, it all the time, but yeah. because of the lens that I have and I felt a little bit embarrassed, yeah. uh, maybe she just wasn't able to communicate exactly the way that she should have. Yeah. And I became very apologetic. Oh, it's cause you know, she's Asian and Asian people are like that. And yeah. I just found myself thinking like that right, and right, being right. very hyper aware of my difference and using that as uh, an, an excuse almost for mm. this situation, which has nothing to do with right. race at all. Yeah. Yeah. But because I was so hyper aware, yeah, it, it like turned into that. Yeah. At some point I was like embarrassed of bringing like toshiraks to school, oh. like chopsticks and like packed lunches. Packed lunches. Yeah. Like packed lunchables, mom. Yeah. Oh, lunchables. I, all I wanted was lunchables. Yeah. I was like, mom, I don't want kimbap. I don't want that. Like I rice rolls. I, I, I just want to fit in. Yeah. yeah I just want in. the cheese and crackers. Yeah. Okay. And That's my, what we, that was what we were truly saying. We just want to fit in, but yeah, it translated into, in. I just all want, of this. I want lunchables. Like the yeah. pizza one. The pizza one. The pizza one with the crappy red sauce. When my mom bought, Dude, that sauce was good. Okay. Oh, really? <laughs> you liked it. I liked it. Oh. I, the pizza one that was like a luxury. I feel like those uh, are a little pricier. Yeah. I didn't understand how expensive Lunchables were until yeah. I actually understood what money, like yeah. the value of money. But cheese and cracker was the go-to Lunchable with the Capri Sun. Oh, yeah. Capri Sun. The Capri Sun. I love Pacific Dude. Cooler. That All was my time. Oh, What yeah. a great partnership. <laughs> What a great partnership. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I used to get like those big boxes with the Capri Sun inside. Yeah. And there's like oh chocolate. God. I remember Capri Suns, dude. Ooh. Yeah. Those were the, the best. Kool-Aid sometimes. Oh, Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. All that good stuff. But, yeah, dude. 
Yeah, I I feel like I was definitely like embarrassed of my Koreanness as I got older. Mm. Like I was proud of it when I was younger, and then when I started growing up and becoming more and more aware of certain differences, and then as you know, I was no longer friends with people who look. I was becoming friends with people who look more like me. Yeah. Um, and understand life more like I do. Yeah. Um, like. I, I noticed it. Actually, I was like really conscious of these things. Like even when I was in fourth grade, I knew my best friend was white, uh-huh. but I noticed in fifth grade, she started hanging out more with girls who looked like her. Yeah. And I, I inevitably ended up hanging out with more Asians and Korean people. And then I don't know if you guys like in the areas where you grew up, like went to schools where it was primarily like, or there were a lot of Asians or a lot of Koreans. Yeah. Like uh, I ended up, living and growing up in a neighborhood where all the schools that mm-hmm. I went to were primarily like Korean right. or like right. Asian. So there were more yeah. Asians. Yeah. Our high school was pretty segregated. I hung out not with the Koreans. Mm-hmm. I had a few Korean friends in my tight knit circle, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we were pretty diverse in high school, at least my circle that I hung out with. Yeah. But you can see distinct seg- segregation even within school. Absolutely. Like our schools in- I think we're just naturally drawn to the people that we are like like minded. Yeah, Yeah. it's easier. Yeah, because Koreans we think alike in certain wavelength. How we would talk about like nunchi and common sense. Yeah, even sense of humor. Yeah, Mm -hmm. sense of humor too. And just like our experiences, things that we can connect and relate to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my mom does that. Oh my mom does that too. Yeah. So it's just a lot easier to. You don't have to try or try to explain anything. Uh So when I was younger, you would not notice these things. So I'm just naturally drawn to my Korean friends. Yeah. But now that I'm in like my adulthood years, it's becoming a lot harder because I have to kind of I notice these things now I'm like man I would usually do this with like my Korean American friends yeah yeah but when I'm with like my other friend uh, my non-Korean friends it's like oh I have to kind of shift my personality and my Mm. humor a certain way to kind of fit in with what they do same yeah yeah. you were saying like you had shared before something about like getting a culture shock when you uh, started not hanging out as much in like Korean American Yeah, circles. yeah. So as soon as I graduated from high school, because yeah. I went to Korean school, I went to a Korean high school. I had only Korean friends at my Korean church. Yeah. Like my whole life was basically like Korea. Right. I, like I moved from Korea to America. Right. And it was just still like I was around Korean people. So right. it was okay. And then I went on my first mission trip with mm-hmm. a non-Korean group. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, who am I? And uh, <laughs> if you guys, for those of you who might know, who might not know what a mission uh, trip is, it's like a, it's kind of like a, a it, Christian. It's like, an evangelical uh, sharing your faith to either like different people, people different, that don't know. It's a trip. Yeah, so you would like go to different countries or, or states cities or, or wherever. wherever. Yeah. And then evangelizing yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, that's what a mission trip is. But yeah, I uh, I wanted to, when I went into college, I was like, I just came out of a high school where it was like Asian dominated that as soon as somebody was like, are you going to join like the Korean club? I was like, no, are you kidding? I just got out of the Korean club. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I was like, no. And I like literally stayed away uh-huh. like from all of that. And um, at a certain point when I, when I stopped going to church, I, uh, my job, was over in downtown Fullerton, yeah. which 
And literally I've lived in Fullerton almost my entire life, but in that part of Fullerton, there are like almost no Asians. Mm. Yes. Except maybe on like Friday nights, Saturday nights mm. when people go out with their friends. Right. I heard Thursday night there's like this there is an Asian night. Oh, it's literally called designated Asian night. for an Asian. I don't. Night. I don't. That yeah. Now looking at it, I'm like, I don't know Asian how I feel about night. that. But I know. But that's yeah, Thursday nights are Asian nights at this like one club. Oh, but right, let's go there on Thursday nights, guys. I definitely, <laughs> we'll I definitely have, have been there. But it's means. funny because there's more like non-Asians there because they want to see all the Asians. Yeah. But anyways, anyways, <laughs> I started working at this restaurant. Um, in downtown Fullerton and I was literally the token Asian girl. Ah, and oh, I, wow. that's when I noticed how many people, uh, believe in certain stereotypes, stereotypes. cracks, Asian jokes, like just, yeah. And you know, my coworkers were really nice about it. Some people were not as nice, but I, it's weird because I don't, I never took it personally mm-hmm. because to me, I didn't grow up thinking I'm Asian, you right. know, like I didn't grow up thinking like, that's what I look like and whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just me. Yeah. And so whenever they like would crack certain stereotypical jokes or phrases or whatever, like I wouldn't take it personally, but I started becoming aware like, Oh, this is how they see people who look like me. Yeah. Um, and this is how they, what they think about and make judgment, like very, um, general, I don't know. Yeah. Judgments mm-hmm. about people who yeah. look yeah. like me. Yeah. And stereotypes is interesting um, because I had to wrestle with that a little bit growing up mm-hmm. in between a Korean family and American culture because there were a lot of Asian stereotypes. Yeah. And, and, and I wanted to, you know, work against it. Yeah. But I would also see my parents fall into that stereotype, which ties back into this whole mess of feeling almost embarrassed yeah. because yeah. we're so stereotypical in some ways. Yeah. Um, and also on the flip side, watching my parents even be stereotyped, like even them stereotyping other races. Mm-hmm. And I had to, there was a conflict where I felt other people were judging us for certain stereotypes, but we're also judging other people with their stereotypes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, what, what yeah, is going conflicted. on mm-hmm. here? Um, yeah. 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 It's like, it's, why can't there be peace in this world? Why do we have to compare us yeah, to so like I, other races? Yeah, so yeah. And the more I thought about it, it really makes sense in on a defensive level. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you come into this new country, people do have these preset notions about who you are and, right. and why you are like that. And so you build this defense right. yeah. and you project, uh, hey, well, I'm better than you. Yeah. And you're like this and everyone like you are like this right. and you just sort of build this wall. And I, and I think that's where racism really begins. Yeah. Is you start to defend yourself because you feel that the other, this other person who looks different from you, right. who has a different background than you, they, in your mind, you feel like they are somehow trying to oppress you or trying to mm-hmm. one up you. And so you project a much more aggressive uh, I guess attack on them. Yeah, um, and I think that's where that racial tension start start to bubble up. I mean, there are a lot of pros about hanging out and being around people who are like you because you feel understood, you feel safe, um, you develop a sense of like identity and cultural identity, mm-hmm. and um, you make a lot of close friends. You know, like I totally understand. There are a lot of pros to that, but. Um, the cons are real serious cons because I think when you only associate with people who are like-minded and like you, you start to lose touch with cultures and people that are different than you or might 
see and do life differently than yeah, you do. That's why it affected me now that I turn after 18 right. because no one's going to cater to your culture. Right. They're just going to view you as an individual. Right, right. And, and then they'll go to the whole race thing. Like they'll get close and they'll make jokes and stuff like that. Exactly. But in the beginning, you're just Austin, you're just Joanne, you're just Michelle and let's get to work, you know? Right, right. Um, and get to know each other mm-hmm. as like individuals, yeah. you know? But yeah, um, so the next part we want to talk about is like how those tendencies like just like just being within your own culture or like familiar, um, I, I guess like way of doing things and seeing life can lead to developing racist ways of thinking. And you know what? We all have racist ways of thinking. Yes. Um, I know racism is a pretty touchy subject. It's also a hot topic. Um, and has been. And I remember people always, like some people would say like, man, like, can't we, like we're so sick and tired of talking about and hearing about racism, but it is a real thing. Um, and it only really, you only really start to understand how, how embedded it is into everybody's daily lives until you start to notice like where in your life you see that. Exactly. And, and like yeah. you said, we all have that bias. Yeah. We do have a certain lens that we view others. It's just easier to generalize and make sense of something based on a generalization yeah. versus like going out and, and thinking like, oh, it's because they have their individuals and they have their own uh, way of thinking or way of doing things. Yeah. Uh, we have a tendency to just generalize. It's just easier. Right. Uh, but there is a very big negative effect to that, but we just need to become more aware of what those biases are, even within ourselves. Right. And mm. we need to start recognizing that in other people and somehow having a healthy conversation right. where no one is triggered Yeah, uh, and, and addressing those. Because it is it is touchy, I think, yeah. with the word racism, it's such a hot button word. And when you call someone a racist, that's a big, that's almost offend it offends them yeah even if they are saying things that are racist like i don't think people think that they're racist there's no actual racist person out there that think that they're racist yeah, it just right. kind of comes out yeah and so when you say that word it I, it like triggers a certain hot button in them and they get defensive yeah. but You're that's right. not what you want right mm-hmm. like it takes a lot of work a like conscious effort to look internally and do some work. Like, yeah. Hey, recognize like, um, what, what's the word? Um, just be a little more, um, what's the, what's the thing where you like think a lot or you're like assessing introspect. Yes. Do a little introspection. Um, like what, where, where do I notice? Like, you know, I'm making these judgments mm-hmm. or like generalizing, generalizing a people group yeah. because of this one person and their actions. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom and dad, I always grew up with them. Like, you know, I would, I honestly have to say like, very honestly, Koreans are pretty dang racist. Like a lot, a lot of Asian countries, like people are racist Mm -hmm. because I think it's, it's what we do as humans. And what I've learned from social psychology is that we, uh, we category, we take in information and process it as humans, by like categorizing things and that's how we understand things. Mm -hmm. That's totally normal. It's how our brains work. But I think it's a lot easier for us to um, see like one person or maybe a few people and then um, see their actions and then make a judgment about like, oh, that's how all of you must be. Yeah. Um, And you know what? Stereotypes, there are truth to stereotypes. Like that is why they come about, you know, but uh, 
there are so many more nuances, you know, um, with individuals. Yeah. yeah. And it does take a lot of inner work to be able to notice those things about yourself and other people like, um, and then to start even making a change, it yeah. takes a, a lot, lot of effort. So what people don't do is take the easy way out and just make those generalizations and just live with the stereotypes and live with yeah. the, um, I don't know, like the racist ways of thinking. Exactly. Yeah. And another, an, uh, an example that came to mind mm -hmm. was the LA riots mm, back in the yeah. early nineties. And there was a huge tension between Koreans in Koreans that had businesses and lived in Koreatown yeah. and at the time. So if you guys remember, this was after the Rodney King beatings, yeah. uh, the police pulled back from certain parts of LA. They yeah. decided to keep go like, Hey, you want to be lawless? Like you don't want police yeah. protection, then do whatever you want. And after that point in time, there was such tension because yeah. what what triggered it um, was a there was a Korean woman that was working at our liquor store, and again this cultural back and forth. We the language barrier was happening and things were getting heated, and she assumed this girl who was uh, African American was stealing from her mm -hmm. and she got scared or I don't know exactly what caused her to do this, but she shot the girl. No way. Yeah. And, and that created really huge racial tensions because yeah. so in that political climate, uh, the police were basically like, well, whatever. Mm. Kind, well, they didn't really put a lot of effort into, into like, uh, you know, what is it? Convicting the store owner. Mm -hmm. And so you see these tensions uh, between these groups that yeah. are living in so, uh, you know such close quarters. Yeah, uh, where like Koreans were heard that this was ha this was happening. People like of other races were basically dogging us. Like you guys are crap, right? Yeah. And we didn't feel like these policemen who were predominantly white yeah. were not protecting our community. Yeah, and. and the other side, they were like, well, no one's protecting us. And so there's this, this hodgepodge of miscommunication, hodgepodge of overgeneralization, very charged, hostile feelings towards That's each crazy. other mm -hmm. that have bled into even today where a lot of older Koreans still remember that point and right. have very negative feelings towards certain community groups. Yeah. Right, right, right. Because at that point, like even it even bled into cities like Long Beach. Long yeah. Beach, there were a lot of riots there too, actually, um, which is why, like, if you I don't know, like, there's a thing in Long Beach where yeah. it's like, oh, you, you don't go to a certain area, mm -hmm. like past a certain street oh, neighborhood, yeah, yeah. because that's where all like the it's stuff went down back in the day. Yeah, uh, a grocery store worker. I used to. I went to Casa Long Beach. A grocery store worker. She was like, yeah, don't just don't go down any fruit name streets. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fruit like, name streets. Now we know. Too. Oh my god. And you know what's hard about stereotypes it, and generalizations, just like on that topic, is um, when, you know, the fact of life is sometimes you will see repeated behaviors by like a certain right. people group. So like, yeah, when you see like an Asian woman driving terribly, like really you didn't put your blink on, really you're driving at the speed, like really you just made that turn or whatever. And like, and you go to see who the driver is. And of course it's like an Asian woman, right? Yeah. Like I've had those experiences mm -hmm. and I'm Asian yeah. and um, it's called confirmation bias. So it confirms the bias oh. that you already have 
about this person and that doesn't help the case that yeah. you know it reinforces yeah, yeah, yeah. it reinforces that change. stereotype yeah it reinforces exactly and so it takes extra work in that moment though it'll take extra work in your brain to be yeah. like well this could be just another you know this could this woman you know to see that person as an individual Whereas, you know, just like generalizing all Korean or Asian women are bad drivers, all Asians and even further, you know, just Asians are and then, you know, stuff like that. And it's really easy to make those generalizations in your brain. Yeah. Versus doing the reverse where it's like, well, let me take some time to think about this person Mm -hmm. and maybe they're just, you know, this is their, this might have been their situation. XYZ. Exactly. You know? I would catch myself doing that sometimes. Yeah. Totally. I, mean, I do all the time. I get road rage like. What yeah. is this Asian lady doing? So Cutting me off. I yeah. That I'm working through. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, on the political front, I mean, I like talking about politics mm-hmm. because I think it needs to be talked about. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and it doesn't need 100%. to be like a hostile debate, no. mm-hmm. whatever. But it, we could talk about it. So, um, yeah. Late, so, yeah, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Oh, yeah. On the political front, yeah. as you were mentioning right now, there is a bit of racial tension on, on many different things. But one in particular is yeah. the whole immigration act. issue. Yeah, yes. that whole issue. Uh, and for me, it, it sound, when, I, when I read and, and when I look at it as a whole, what I'm gathering is people are just afraid that these other migrant groups are coming from different countries and overtaking this this idea of America, right, right, and right. going to change America, right, uh, which then makes you think, what does it mean to be American, American? Yeah. right? Because what you know, our president, unfortunately, is reinforcing is the idea that if you are you, basically you have to be a white person. Yeah. to be American. And like, he, that's what makes you kind of American. Yeah, and he doesn't ever say it blatantly. Right, right, so, right. So, you know, they they can skirt those questions. They, they can squirt, squirt, skirt, skirt. <laughs> skirt. <laughs> they can skirt uh, those those topics and, and deflect. Right. But yeah. it, a lot of deflecting A happening. lot of deflecting, but yeah. any common person would watch it and be understand that yeah. that's what he means yeah. when i heard there was like a hot political issue that happened we did post about this on our instagram um but there was like a recent incident where there were four democratic um congresswomen, congresswomen yeah. who have been making a lot of noise like they've been pretty vocal and very yeah. outspoken about yes. a lot of different things um I'm not saying that I agree with every single thing that they or the way that they're approaching certain mm-hmm. things or right, whatever, right. but uh, I, I see the validity in the issues that they're taking stand for, and um, the president got involved in it and wanted to say a comment about mm-hmm. something about these women, and he basically told them to go back to where you came from, which because, is wow, yeah, go back to where you came from because your country's are terrible. The language that he used was really... It was very condescending. Super condescending. It was, very, I was hurtful, dude. It was very I was hurtful. Like, it was very condescending. Yeah. It was very old school. It had... It used languages, language and vocabulary from like old school America where there were very heavily racially yeah. tense. Wow. Just to like... I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in on what he said. He said, so... Um, So interesting to see the 
quote unquote progressive democratic Democrat congresswomen who were, who originally came from countries whose governments are complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt and inept anywhere in the world, even if or if they even have a functioning government at all. Now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is supposed to be run. Uh, why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime infested places from when, from which they came, uh, then come back and show us how blah, blah, blah. And that is yeah. when I actually read that myself, I was very hurt. Like internally, I mm-hmm. was like, wow, because I'm an immigrant. Like my parents are immigrants. Exactly. And some, uh, I think all of these congresswomen, except for one, were born in the United yep, States. Yep, so they right. are Americans. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he says something like that to second generation. It was very telling. Or whatever. Exactly. I'm like, I fall into that category. Mm-hmm. So he could be saying stuff like that. It's like saying that to me. I yeah. took it personally. Yeah, no, definitely. I yeah. what he, There were two things that was very telling of his stance mm-hmm. on people who are different, of different color, from different countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, that if you don't look a certain way, if you are from a different country at mm-hmm. even, um, that you don't have any right to say or have any right to to make any suggest you know comments or or have political voice mm-hmm. within our democratic system mm-hmm. and two he basically is saying America is perfect and right. that we have nothing to change and right. whatever we are doing now right. um, is the right way and there's no room for any sort of uh what's the word change like change or opposition right, right, and right. In, even though that's the beauty of democracy is if someone is doing something uh, and you and you find that there may be a better way to do it that you can voice those opinions and you right. can have a majority vote for that right. but he is suppressing that basically mm-hmm. and which is why I also felt hurt individually because he was talking about women of color right. um, but as well as this this idea that somehow we're doing everything perfectly and there's no room for change right yeah um that really brings the question to mind like what makes somebody american you know what i mean yeah, yeah it's true i feel like i'm on that like borderline edge mm. um this is kind of like a personal topic but i'm not a u.s citizen mm. even till this day but i remember in like 20 2008 when Obama illegally passed through Congress Mm. to make specific people that's in between American and Korean. And this visa is called the Dream Act visa. Yeah. And there's 800,000 people that have this certain kind of visa. Uh We have all the benefits. Oh, so you have that visa? I have everything. Yeah, I have that visa. So uh I'm technically on the border of like being a U.S. citizen, but yeah. I'm not. Yeah. So I can't travel to other countries. I can't really get out of the United States. Yeah. But what I have is like I can drive. I have uh-huh. a driver's license. I have a social security. Uh-huh. I have a work permit. I can do everything I can like a normal American citizen can do. Right. But I can't get all the perks of being an American citizen. Mm. And it's to the point where I can't even apply for a green card. Mm. So it's like, uh, you're in this limbo state. Yeah, yeah, it's like, am I American? Am I not? So yeah. I'm in that awkward stage. It's like yeah. right in between. And that's like, that's the unfortunate part about like 
politics in general mm-hmm. is that it's not a perfect system. No. Yeah. So that like when another president succeeds the prior the president prior, mm-hmm. it's like they don't always they're not always going to see eye to eye. They're not going to carry on a vision like they're going to. I mean, Obama and Trump are very different. Very, very different, different people. So yeah, very when Trump wait, 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 when Trump became president, yeah. we're all the eight hundred thousand people that do have this visa right. are like, is he going to get rid of it? Are we going to not have our visa yeah, anymore? Right. It's pretty crazy. That's like such a stressful thing to have, like constantly in the back of your mind. Yeah. You and, at, and at that level of uh, being being a president, I'm sure is not an easy job. Right. Uh, but one thing I think is unfortunate is in, in cases like Austin's in cases of many people yeah. uh, that we have a tendency to look at it in numbers. Mm-hmm. We deduce it to, you know, financial statistics yeah. and we forget that real people are affected. We forget to empathize. We forget That's to true. really humanize the situation. Right. And I think that to me is the most tragic of these issues that mm-hmm. we're facing. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I'm like, how many people is he, the president, like going and meeting in person and like, you know, because I think that makes a difference versus when you're like speaking to a, yeah. a crowd, yeah. the masses. And you're just you looking know? at numbers and, exactly. and you're like, we can, th- we don't need this. We don't need this group of people. Yeah. Right. It's really easy to dismiss numbers and exactly. like uh, deal with it on paper, you yeah. know? So what do you think we, what do you guys think that we can do from here? Like from this point with all these things in mind, um, for me, I think one of the biggest things that can help us move in the right direction, uh, is really being, staying open-minded and knowing that like differences are there and will always be there and that they're okay. You just have to be like willing to communicate through that exactly i think that's right on the nail being able to communicate and being able being okay with differences i think just growing up you have a tendency to be very ethnocentric meaning you you believe without even uh fully consciously believing but internally you you think what your life was like is very normal or the way that you think is normal yeah. but understanding that's a bias in itself yeah. yeah and so when you are very genuinely curious about other cultures or, or even your coworkers or your friends that may have a different background from you mm-hmm. yeah uh, being okay and not feeling awkward asking about right those things and for me too if anybody is interested in, in knowing how i grew up and knowing more about koreans and right. korean american that yeah ask. Exactly. And, and not to and for me not to feel like i have to apologize or or cater to the way that you think but yeah. be speaking my own truth uh and, and we're sharing yeah so i think changing the lens is huge like the lens um through which you see everything um because trying to evaluate Um, other people and other cultures according to the standards of your own culture is kind of where it all stems like closed-mindedness um so yeah develop a try and cultivate a curiosity for other people's cultures you know like um put yourself out there a little bit more you know get out of your comfort zone hang out with people that might not look like you um go to places that maybe you're not comfortable going all the time and hanging out all the time and like see what you find out from there like see what you notice that's different yeah and then while you do that you really need to accept who you are as well that too uh, we really, good point. Yeah, yeah we have to embrace who we are it's not like we can 
fully 100% adapt to what the other person's right. life is like, right, but we right. have to accept who we are as well as trying to get along with the opposing person. Right, right, right. I, I totally agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, not to be ashamed of who you are no. or where you came from, right. um, but really believing, hey, I have these experiences and yeah. they're different and yours is different and together we can share and swap really funny stories. Yeah. We can share very funny experiences that are different yeah. or similar. Uh, and that's just the f- really the fun and, yeah. and the richness of of diversity. Yeah. And that um, also what you mentioned, like it really does come with time. You know, so you're yeah, not, I think definitely. sometimes some people are naturally more confident in who they are and their self identity. But for me, like I actually had to work up to certain things mm-hmm. where I'm like, Oh, yeah. now I feel comfortable in my own skin where I'm, yeah, I'll, of course I'll tell you about my culture. You know, of course I'll tell you about my background. Like I'm yeah. not ashamed of that. Like yeah. that is, I'm proud of how my family you know, what they went through to get here for me to be here, you know? Um, Yeah. yeah. And just being able to talk very freely about it. Like, for example, it doesn't have to be this very serious conversation with your coworkers. Like, well, in my culture, you know, (laughs) keep it light, dude, keep it light. You know, it could be, Hey, uh, we typically go out like, Hey, what's your favorite bar? Uh, and I'll tell them like, oh, this one bar in San Ana is really cool. Also, I go to this Korean bar yeah. and talk about soju and getting... Would you guys want to go to a Korean bar? Like, yeah, yeah, like, and, see what and that's it's just like. the very nat- yeah. Yeah, natural and see what people think because more Do- often than not, they're down. Yeah, dude, nowadays being Korean is like cool. <laughs> oh, how the tables have turned. I know, right? Like K-pop, <laughs> I think obviously <laughs> K-pop and Korean dramas have like made a huge... Oh, definitely. Huge entryway. There's too many people and that watch yeah, non-Koreans, which is oh awesome. I think non-Koreans are more into K-pop yeah. than Koreans. Most Actually, Korean no, they're Americans. all crazy about it. But <laughs> yeah, Sephora has an entire K-beauty section. Oh, wow. That too. Yeah, I was there and uh, one of the workers were, were helping was helping me out and she asked if I was Korean and she was telling me how much she loves this band and yeah. this drama and this song and I was like, I have no idea what those <laughs> are, but I'm glad I know, that I don't even listen to those things. Dabbling into yeah. different <laughs> genres. Oh my gosh. Uh, so cool. Yeah. Korean food Come on. Oh, Who doesn't yeah? love Korean food? Oh, everybody food? loves Korean food. Exactly. I'm I have like, so many non-Korean friends that are like, Austin, we got to go get Korean food with you. But yeah. Or else it's not the same. Korean I cannot barbecue. walk in there by myself. No. Like, I have to go with the Korean friend. But, but yeah, also, Korean barbecue for sure. Korean barbecue, <laughs> you guys, is actually not a Korean thing. Oh, it's not. an American thing. It's an American thing. Oh. Yeah, Korean barbecue is like how we know it here. Um was not a thing in Korea because in really? Korea meat has always been like historically meat is only for special occasions right. and for people yeah. who can afford it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So eating meat that regularly wasn't a thing. Okay. Like the and all especially you all you can eat. Yeah. All you can eat was not totally a Korean thing. Yes, Korean so barbecues. Thing. Yes. There are like the grills, and the, stuff. the tabletop grills. Yes. If you guys are wondering what we're talking about. Tabletop grills is a Korean thing. Right. 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 But you're saying like eating all you can eat. And certain deals like that. And then all the modern places you see now that are like Korean barbecue, that was, it's a very much a Korean American thing. Speaking of ethnocentricity, that really, that made me think of this one example. I was talking to a coworker and he went to a Korean barbecue like for the first time Mm -hmm. uh, ever. And I was very, I was very like, oh, wow, you haven't been to a Korean barbecue? And it's been like 2000. 14 yeah um but yeah he was telling me how weirded out he was with them bringing out raw meat on a tray 
and in my mind, I was like, why is that weird? Because I, I grew, grew up yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. But then I like put myself in his position where he's never seen like raw meat delivered to your table right. and ask like and the server like, telling me this <laughs> yeah, yeah i have to cook this like is it safe is it sanitary right and he had all these questions about health yeah. and i'm like you're fine those are great concerns because i've been to some ten dollar all you can places yeah, I see, be careful. Where there's a lot of health code violations i would say be sure. careful of ten dollar ace Yes. barbecue houses uh, but at, in that moment i i had to like switch my perspective because yeah. to me it was super normal very yeah. normal to have people bring out raw meat to your table and you yeah. cook it uh, but to somebody who's never experienced that they're like this is super weird yeah yeah but yeah totally dude mm-hmm. yeah well um before we kind of wrap things up let's maybe talk about like how we can find like us individually like what are some ways we can find a balance between like these two cultures that to this day we're continuing to try and like juggle, you know, or like live in between. Um, I think we're still figuring it out, right? Yeah, like, definitely. I'm still definitely figuring out how to do Same. that day to day basis, like with my family. Yeah. And yep. I, and Austin actually touched on what I was thinking about mm-hmm. um, just embracing who you are and yeah. embracing fully your story oh. and fully your identity and working towards that. Yeah, it's not going to happen overnight. That. Exactly. Uh, and I haven't, I, don't, I can't say I'm fully, I am fully accepted, right. but I'm a lot more comfortable with it than I was ma- even a few years ago because I remember I was on a phone call with a Korean customer. Yeah. We were yeah for my work and he noticed my last name and he was asking me if i was korean but yeah. I, I wasn't working for a korean company and he just wanted to find some similar ground but i got really oh, for a second i got i clammed up a bit yeah being like well yeah i'm korean but i'm american mm-hmm. or in my mind you know mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the way that i presented myself came off very strong that mm-hmm. way and, and it caused a little bit of tension of course eventually i i loosened up and like mm-hmm. you know what it's fine yeah if this is going to make us have a connection, yeah. then I should completely embrace it. But there was definitely a moment where I froze up and was like, well, well I'm actually, well, this is an American company yeah. and I'm American. Yeah. yeah. I would have a similar situation too when I was working at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. I was at the POS and then I just see like a bunch of Korean like moms coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they would obviously speak Korean with each other, looking at the menu, explaining to one another what the drink is. Right. I'm just kind of standing there like, okay. Um, and then like they would order in English because they didn't mm-hmm. automatically assume I was Korean. Right. And then when I responded in Korean, they were like a whole nother person talking to me. Oh. Like it felt like a lot of like their good uh, tension yeah, exactly. anxiety oh, just kind of dropped oh. and i was like oh my god this person actually understands me i can help them out with a lot of questions right. they have and then i would just end up speaking korean to them that's, that's interesting because there's like pros and cons to that like i've worked in a restaurant mm-hmm. like many restaurants <laughs> where you know there are korean customers and i made it a rule for myself like i will never speak to them in really? korean unless they just really are having issues with right. communicating yeah or understanding what's on the menu, but uh, because what they try to do mm-hmm. is try to get a deal out of you. Ah. Yeah, oh. so because you're Korean, they want an <laughs> in, they think they have an in like with service. you. Like <laughs> Yes, service. They're like, ooh, so can we get hooked up over here? Yeah, like through you that, because that's you're actually, Korean? That's actually a real thing. Yeah, so actually to keep it professional and so I don't have to run into things like that where it gets right. a little sloppy or could get sloppy, um, I just kept it professional and spoke English. Nice. Yeah. I mean, also because restaurants, it's pooled. 
So just, you don't yeah. get like all the tip from that person. Right. But for coffee shops, I would typically just work by myself here and there. Right. And so if I do that extra service to them, yeah. it's like more money in the tip yeah. jar. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to you always have to play it by ear with customers. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So one thing that's helped me, and this is kind of maybe like on a closing note, mm-hmm. like that's helped me to um, at least internally in my head, like uh, accept myself and like embrace my Koreanness. Um, and also embrace my Americanness mm-hmm. uh, is to try and see myself from like a third person point of view. I know yeah. that's that's kind of abstract, but to see myself like, hey, I, at the end of the day, I'm a human. Yes. Um, what's behind my skin, <laughs> you know, my <laughs> outer appearance yeah. is uh, like a consciousness and a brain. Um, I didn't choose to be born into the circumstances and the family that I was born into. None of us chose that. Nobody on yeah, this face yeah. of this earth. Um, so we're all humans uh, born into our circumstances. I was born Korean American, um, you know, with parents who are immigrants in LA. And I have the ability now, like, and I will continue to cultivate that ability to be able to draw from both cultures. Cause you know, I'm definitely proud of my heritage, Mm -hmm. but I do see like there, you know, Korean culture is not perfect. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of downsides and a lot of like older, um, like, uh, what's the word? Like there are very unhealthy ways of like treating people and seeing life and tendencies that come from that culture Mm -hmm. that I'm not, entirely proud of either right same thing with america mm-hmm. like there are a lot of things about being american that really are kind of uh, insulting sometimes to like people of different cultures it's it's not um so i feel like there are pros and cons to both cultures yes. so um kind of removing myself from the labels mm-hmm. and then looking at you know where those labels come from and then being able to draw from both cultures like hey these are values that i think are good yeah um I think help cultivate me as like an individual mm-hmm. or like help me understand myself as an individual, find my footing as a, a Korean American yeah. um, because that's what it is, right? There is no like, it's not black or white when you are born into like a situation where, you know, it's like two cultures exactly. coming and like converging. converging. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that's a very healthy way of looking at our identity mm-hmm. in, in both pools. Uh, and being able to really remove yourself from this really strong pull one way or the other mm-hmm. and realizing, hey, this is a new found culture. Right. Korean American is a new culture in itself. Yeah. Yes. And we are defining it in this moment. Yeah. And so there isn't Great any point. strict uh, rules or anything. So I, I think what you said is perfect. I think that's a great way to look at it. I think it's a great way to view ourselves and yeah. to view other people and helping them realize you don't have to choose to be one way or the other or yeah. have these biases one way or the other, but we are collectively creating a new culture. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, no, 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 totally. Yeah. Uh, and we're defining it individually too, because like even our age gaps, yeah. right? Like, you are 30, I'm 26, you're in Austin, you're in your early 20s. Like mm-hmm. all of those uh, ages w- to be Korean American looked different, different. for us growing yeah. up. Um, I mean, there are a lot of similarities, but um, I'm sure it's different. Like even between me and Michelle, there's differences, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, I remember like even in high school, like seeing the differences 
grade level wise, yeah. right? Like the the types of things that my uh, people even a year or two older than me mm-hmm. who are Korean American, the things that they were into or valued or whatever. I feel like there are some things that were slightly different. Yeah. Um, and that's really fascinating because you're like, it is happening in the now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I really wonder for the, the Korean American kids that are growing up today, yeah. you know, that are going to be third, fourth generation. Like what is that going to look like? Because they're going to be further and further removed yeah. from um, exactly. Korean mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. Um, but they're going to look very much like us, you know, like, exactly. like Korean. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's that going to be like? Because I don't think, you know, people my age, even not a lot of people are fluent in Korean. Right. Right. So the connection with that culture is becoming It's low. Weaker. The gap is getting. Exactly. Yeah, I can kind of testify to that with my younger brother because he's yeah. 10 years younger than me. Oh, wow. But we're pretty much the same exact person when it comes to being Korean American. Oh, wow. Because he speaks fluent Korean, but his friends, on the other hand, yeah. are not too fluent in Korean. Yeah. They'll just kind of be their own yeah. thing. But it's there's there's a lot of differences for sure. Would you guys... If you uh, if you were to have kids, would you teach them Korean? I would for sure. I would actually. Yeah. I would too. I would. Yeah. I think it's important to maintain uh, that part of it. It's special. Yeah, it is. Special. I would do it only because of my parents, mm-hmm. and then to their children, to my children's children, right. they don't have to. Mm. But I would say just for the sake of my parents, right. I want them to learn mm. Korean. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a part of me that because it's at least for me, it's mm-hmm. so integral to my identity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because I would want, if I had children, like want them to be able to connect with my parents, yeah. like you were saying, Austin, or like my family, other family members who speak more Korean than mm-hmm. English. Like, yeah, that it's, it's funny. Like that is definitely you're still an part of that generation. Yeah. Exactly. We're all in the same world together. So. Exactly. So yeah, people be proud of who you are. Yeah. Be proud of your heritage. Be proud of where you come from. But at the same time, be curious about other cultures. Yes. And be curious about what other people yeah. have to say. And yeah, don't be afraid to do a little introspection. Be open-minded. I know that, yeah. <laughs> It takes a little bit of work, but it's a process, you know, and if you work at it um, one day at a time, I promise you, you'll look back and be like, wow, I've, I've changed a lot. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All for the better. Right. So thank you everyone for joining us. Yeah. Today was a really good topic. Just we've actually been like itching. This should have been like the, our first episode. Actually, we were saying that we were saying yeah, that. to like establish who we are. Yeah. This is basically part of us. But American. Yeah, um, this is why we are kind of doing this podcast too, because I think we have a really unique perspective mm-hmm. as Korean Americans, yes. um, just our outlook on everything that's going on around us. And so, yeah, I am love you guys. This is a really special podcast to me. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for listening. I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh, boo. Okay. Well, all right, you guys, we're super excited. We have um, some more exciting content coming your way. Uh, our next episode is also going to be a little bit of a break from uh, the art of series, Ooh. but it's going to be a good one. Yeah. So yeah. stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, guys. But until next time, my name's Joanne. And I'm Michelle. And I'm Austin. And this is Don't, Don't Take, Take Our, our word, word For It. it. Bye. 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 Bye.